A legendary investor bets against Tesla. Warner Media and Discovery join forces and is lemonade a buy. This is the Running with the Money podcast. Let's get into it. And well, it was a rather flat, unexciting day in the markets today, but a lot of big headlines for us to talk about. So let's get right into it. But first, what did the markets do? Well, the Dow Jones, well, that finished down about 54 points. NASDAQ down 50, S&P 500 down 10. And the VIX, well, that went up just under 5%. So what are the biggest headlines of the day? What is moving the markets and what are people talking about? Well, one that's kind of flying under the radar, quite a big one in my opinion, legendary investor Michael Burry, you know, the one who called the great financial crisis and was one of the huge investors that made a crap ton of money from that crisis. Yeah, well, he's betting big against Tesla. He's long puts, putting him up against 800,100 shares of Tesla or $534 million on the put side of Tesla. And he's betting against the company, um, obviously expecting it to move to the downside. Now, I find this interesting. Personally, I'm a Tesla bull. I think the company is going to be very successful, but I am not long the stock. Um, if you are a Tesla bull and you expect that the company will continue to be more and more successful, as does, for instance, ARK and Kathy Wood, um, then definitely go long. Invest in what you believe in and know the fundamentals behind it. But obviously, Michael Burry not believing in it. And I somewhat agree on the long side here, at least in the near, I would say, two to three to five years, this stock is extremely elevated. It is trading still, Tesla, at an extremely high valuation compared to auto peers that are at the moment more successful. Now, Tesla is a cult stock in my opinion. Everyone believes in the future of EVs and Tesla is the clear leader. So there's a bull case there and there's a bear case there. Michael Burry obviously betting on the bear case. I'd be interested to hear more details as they come out and what he has to say about it even more, um, but obviously not believing in the long-term growth vision of the company. Now in bigger news, bigger social buzz, Warner Media and Discovery have joined forces. That's right. So AT&T and Discovery joining forces here to form a separate company. Now this deal um, contains a bunch of transactions, but AT&T said, quote, it would receive an aggregate amount of $43 billion in combination of cash debt and Warner Media Media's retention of certain debt. So in essence, that's per CNBC, AT&T is going to get a significant amount of cash um, for Warner Media and Discovery is going to join them and they're going to form a separate company or a separate entity um, outside of AT&T and Discovery themselves. Um, so Discovery shareholders, they're going to own 29% of this new streaming company per se. And then meanwhile, AT&T shareholders are going to get 71% ownership of this new streaming company. So it's kind of a downgrade for AT&T on the streaming front. They're kind of de-risking when it comes to streaming. Um, and meanwhile, Discovery gaining even more streaming, uh, I would say experience even more exposure to the streaming space. Um, so it is very interesting here. Now, this comes after AT&T um, purchased or acquired Time Warner three years ago for $85 billion, and they've worked very hard to get that through de deal through, and ever since, it's kind of just been a failure. Um, there kind of hasn't been huge growth there. It hasn't been a huge revenue driver, and now this is the first major change, forming a huge social media giant. Now, how did the stocks react? Well, if you take a look 
at AT&T. The stock moved to the downside. Some investors didn't like it. Some figure uh, investing figures didn't like it. For in, uh, instance, Jim Cramer, he wasn't a big fan of it. Um, he personally didn't like the fact uh, how this all worked out on the financial end of things. And I see his bare points. But also, you take a look at how Discovery is reacting. How is the name reacting? And if you take a look, it actually didn't have a ginormous reaction, but it did move a slightly to the upside. And Discovery was one of those names that had a huge amount of pumping done to it um, not too long ago and was involved in the major hedge fund scandal. Um, so Archios. Uh, so really, um, I see a lot of parallels here when it comes to Warner Media and Discovery, especially um, in the streaming space. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think they face uh, steep competition against Disney, Netflix, and so many others in the space. So definitely something to pay attention to, a company to pay attention to, um, and a deal to pay attention to. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day. There's always analyst calls. Today wasn't a huge one. There wasn't huge calls on big names, but City upgraded Discovery to a buy from neutral. I like it. Um, Baird reiterated its outperform rating on Target. I really like Target. A great company on the financial side of things that continue to see consistent growth um, in their management team is quite solid. Bank of America reinstated Cleveland Cliffs as a buy. I like this. I've been looking in the Cleveland Cliffs um, as more more of a statistical play, a play um, on metals and commodities, a play on the industrials. Um, and I like it. The valuation over there on Cleveland Cliffs is quite low compared to industry peers. So I am liking Cleveland Cliffs, currently digging into that. Expect a breakdown on the company soon. And then finally, I'd like to touch on this city note. Um, city reiterated its buy ratings on Micron and NXP semiconductors. I like both companies, both solid. Definitely do the research into them, check them out. Um, but I'd also like to starts on semiconductors as a whole we continue to see the semiconductors um, kind of be ignored because of this semiconductor shortage. Well, let me tell you, um, semiconductors are definitely to be bought right now, in my opinion. If I take a look at a chart of the semiconductors in the past, same month, they haven't performed very well. In fact, they're steep into the red. I like the semiconductors. I like Taiwan Semi. I like NVIDIA. I like Broadcom. I like AMD. I like Qualcomm. I like Micron, and I like NXP semiconductors. I like Texas Instruments. I like the semiconductors. Why? They're the, a new foundation to this economy. They are literally in everything from your phones to your damn light bulbs. Smart light bulbs now have semiconductors. I mean, it is insane where semiconductors are um, and how many places they are across all of the products um, that you own and you use on the daily basis. Semiconductors are a foundation, um, and we're even seeing the after effects of the semiconductor shortage, for instance, in the auto industry. They can't put out enough supply um, because the semiconductor shortage. So really what it comes down to is semiconductors are going to be part of the future. In the semiconductor shortage, I've said it before, this is a short-term issue, but not really for the semiconductor companies themselves, at least on the financial end. They're seeing huge demand. They continue to see outsized demand for semiconductors um, and they're continuing to struggle to keep up with the pace of that, but they're running at full speed. They're full steam ahead. They have huge demand for semiconductors, and I don't expect that to slow down whatsoever. Now, shifting into Lemonade, we have to talk about Lemonade because this stock has absolutely gotten hammered in the past, I would say, um, four or five months. In fact, if we take a look, it has gone from a high of 188 
to a low of $44 per share. Um, in my, oh my, I mean, it is insane. It's currently sitting at 72, very volatile name. Um, but in just the past three months, Lemonade is down 55%. On a year-to-date basis, it's down 40%. So what is going on with Lemonade? Well, we're going to dig into Lemonade and their numbers. So the market cap currently is roughly $4.5 billion. They do not have a dividend, but that's not a breaker for me. It's a growth stock. So digging into it, Lemonade, ticker sign LMND, for those of you who are going to expand on this lovely research, is a rapidly growing artificial intelligence insurance company that offers customers, renters, homeowners, pet, and life insurance all through a unique and simple digital platform. And that is what we want to see. Now, the best thing about Lemonade's platform is it gets rid of that bureaucracy that you have to deal with when going to get insurance. It gets rid of all the paperwork. It gets rid of all of the crap that takes days and hours and days to get insurance. Um, It shouldn't be that hard. It should be a simple task to protect yourself in the future. Now, currently, Lemonade is available in Germany, France, and the United States, as well as the Netherlands, with plans to expand into many other major countries. So, a lot of room for expansion here into broader and newer markets. Recently, Lemonade announced the opening of its early registration for Lemonade car insurance. They recently added car insurance, and the move into the car insurance world is a big leap for the company, and it marks the third major addition to the company's offerings in under a year. So, within a year, they've added three major factors to the company already and they continue to revolutionize their own platform and that is what i like to see in a management team the management team here is not only running this company quite well continuing to manage there for growth but they're also there on the advanced side and they're saying you know what but while we're growing while we're expanding we also want to make the company even better give the customer even more fantastic products to get into it's very similar to say in apple they didn't just stop at the iphone they continued to come out with other products such as the mac the ipad they continued to come out with newer and better products and services. And that is exactly what you want to see in a company. You want to see advancement in the company itself. Now, while Lemonade offers plenty of room for innovation, as you know, the stock hasn't performed well, down over 55% in just the past three months and down over 40% on a year-to-date basis. So what has been sending it down? Well, really, it's been this growth sell-off. It's been this sell-off in all of these greatly elevated tech names, but now earnings accelerated some of that downside momentum. So digging into the numbers, Lemonade missed Q1 2021 expectations with an EPS of negative 0.81 cents. Now, below that, or above that, um, the EPS consensus estimate was negative 0.807 cents. So not the best quarter. On a quarter over quarter basis, EPS declined from a quarterly level in the previous quarter of 60 cents. So overall, not the best, but definitely not terrible. Now, revenues declined as well with Q1 2021 revenues totaling $23.5 million, just under the Q1 2020 level of $26.2 million. So they saw a slight revenue decline. Now, there are negatives and positives to this and we're going to go all through all of them. Now it is important to note the revenue decline was attributed to proportional reinsurance agreements that went into effect in Q3 2020 which in turn created a difficult year-over-year comparison. So really there was adverse factors acting on their revenue um, and therefore the year-over-year comparison is is applicable um, but it's not the best comparison. Now shifting into IFP this is enforced premium and enforced premium so you all know um, is the cut well 
is the aggregate annualized premium for customers according to Lemonade. Now, this increased by a strong 89% year over year to $251.7 million. Now, for comparison, the Q1 2020 IFP enforced premium was $133.3 million. So definitely a solid improvement in enforced premium. Now, there were two key drivers to this enforced premium. It was customer count and it was premium per customer. So customer count increased substantially by 50% year over year to 1.096618 million customers. For comparison, the Q1 2020 level was 729,325 customers. So they saw strong customer growth. And then the premium per customer also expanded by 25% year over year to 229 bucks per customer in premium. So solid numbers there in customer count and premium per customer. Exactly what we want to see over here at Lemonade. Now shifting in the gross earned premium, Lemonade experienced 84% expansion in its gross earned premium, bringing the total gross earned premium to $56.2 million. I like it. Now on the profit front, Lemonade turned out a lower gross profit, unfortunately, of $1.9 million. And that's a 59% decline on a year over year basis. Now according to management, the decline in gross profit was due to winter storm Uri, you know, the one in Texas that shut down all the energy. Yeah, that one. And it's creation of $6.5 million in net incurred losses. No bueno. Furthermore, Lemonade reported a net loss of Q in Q1 of $49 million, significantly more than the Q1 2020 net loss of $36.5 million. Now, as for EBITDA, you know, EBITDA, it's important. The company reported a Q1 adjusted EBITDA of $41.3 million. Unfortunately, um, that was a strong increase, got you there, of $18.9 million in Q1 2020. So I love it. I'd like to see what is going on here. We see a definitely um, an improvement in EBITDA, but that net loss, yeah, it wasn't amazing. Uh, so furthermore, margins took a hit on a year-over-year basis um, as well, with gross profit margin declining 18% in Q1 2020 to a weaker 2021 level of 8%. Now, rounding out earnings, Lemonade reported an annual dollar retention, ADR, um, level of 81%, representing a solid improvement on a year-over-year basis from where it was 70% in Q1 2020. Now, leadership, they did provide guidance as well, and it was pretty solid. Management is expecting Q2 2021 revenues to land within a range of 26 to 20 Seven million dollars, along with revenue expectations, leadership is expecting IFP. Remember this enforced premium to land within a range of two hundred eighty-three million dollars to two hundred eighty-eight million dollars, and for gross earned premium to land within a range of sixty-three point five million dollars to sixty-five million dollars. Now, if we shift into the balance sheet, this is where it gets good. Total debt, there's zero debt in the balance sheet. I love it. Their cash position just went through the roof. We'll get to that, but their total liabilities just three hundred thirty-four million dollars compared to their total assets of one. $1.478 billion. Bucks. I love to see it. And the cash equivalents, well, the cash is even higher at $1.174 billion. I like to see these numbers. Plenty of assets to outweigh the liabilities and absolutely no debt on their balance sheet. That is what I like to see. Now, the valuation is still a bit lofty. It has a price to sales of 43 times. has a price to book at 3.7 times. But it is not too much for me if you were going on the long end of a company that, in my opinion, is revolutionizing the insurance space through the use of revolutionary technology such as artificial intelligence. 
Now, management does have room to improve. With a return on equity of negative 28% and a return on assets of negative 14%, there's definitely room for improvement. And we can see that in the earnings numbers. There is always room for improvement. So what will I be watching in the next quarter? I'll be looking at the next quarter and saying, okay, did management improve on some of the flaws that they had in the previous quarter? And I think they will. So far, they've been doing a great job of it, and I think they'll continue to improve. Now, given the numbers, the analysts are bullish with a mean price target of $85 per share, representing a 17.27% upside. The high price target is $134 per share, representing an 84.88% gain, while the low price target is $29 per share, and that's a 59.99% loss. So overall, the analysts, they're overall bullish. You know, they have a high price target. They have a mid price target. And I do believe that Lemonade, as a bull on Lemonade, I will say that, I think that the stock eventually bounces and continues to move to the upside because of the way it is changing the game in insurance. But there's always bear, there's always bear side, there's always bear um, analyst, there's always a bear strategy, and obviously the low price target here is twenty nine dollars per share. But overall, analysts believing it'll continue to move to the upside as well. Now, on a technical basis, if you want a breakdown of lemonade on a technical basis, go to runningwiththemoney.com under the analysis tab. You get all of the breakdowns. People ask, um, where do I put all of these breakdowns, all of these articles? on the names that I break down um, on a fundamental basis. And, well, go to runningwiththemoney.com, and it's, it's in all of my social media bios as well. Follow me on Twitter um, to get all of, all of my market content. I post it all on Twitter as well. Um, but overall, uh, it's all there. It is all, all the articles, all the breakdowns, all my top picks are all on runningwiththemoney.com, 100% free. I don't charge for any of my content, so go check it out. Um, also, the big money, they're a little less involved with Lemonade. 34.16% of Lemonade um, is being owned by institutions. Top holders include SoftBank Group, Bailey Gifford & Co., and Sequoia Capital Partners. Um, so overall, yeah, they're involved there as well. Go check out the technical breakdown on runningwiththemoney.com. So in short, Lemonade, ticker sign LMND, is a solid company with an expanding customer base, solid management team, and a sturdy balance sheet. We all like to see a sturdy balance sheet. So definitely go do your due diligence, do even more research, expand on the topics we talked about in the breakdown, and go check out Lemonade. It could be an excellent long position or short position if you're on the bear side for your portfolio. Now, shifting into the overall markets, what is going on in the markets? Well, we're seeing a lot of that choppy action, even more choppy action in the markets today. And I think we'll frankly continue to see it, if not a little more downside. Why? Well, the fears aren't gone, people. The market's still worried about the same old, same old inflation. Now, a few months ago, I was saying inflation's probably going to be a major issue, people. Um, the focus is going to be on inflation, and a lot of people are going to fear that inflation gets worse. I'm someone, I personally believe that inflation will continue to grow worse, especially as the government continues to print and the Fed continues to back the markets through the purchases, for instance, of billions of dollars, like over $100 billion in bond purchases um, every single month. So you definitely have to pay attention to that. The markets are somewhat propped up, mostly propped up right now by the Fed and the U.S. government continually just spending outrageous amounts of money, printing outrageous amounts, and therefore devaluing the dollar quite quickly. I mean, the amount of currency that's been printed in just the past year is insane, never before seen, and the value of the dollar is declining quite quickly. So inflation is a major issue. Question is, is it transitory? As the Fed says, um, will they prove to us it's transitory? Well, that's exactly what they need to do. Or is the inflation that is 
making the market very fearful? Um, or is it just actually inflation? Are we going into an inflationary decade um, where inflation is going to be a huge issue and where commodity prices, food prices, the prices of everything continue to move to the upside? Um, so it is definitely a big question. I personally think we're going into an inflationary decade. I think prices are going to continue to move higher as inflation increases. Obviously, that's the effect. That's the byproduct. But it is going to be multi-determined by what the Fed can do about it. And not only that, but the policy coming out of the U.S. government. If the U.S. government is going to raise taxes, especially that capital gains tax, you're going to see less investment. Um, this is historically known. Every major study on taxes has proved this. Um, the more you raise that capital gains tax, the less investment you see, the less economic growth you see. So definitely... In my opinion, if the government wants to halt this inflation, if it wants to stop all of this bad economic data, like the jobs numbers that have continued to disappoint for the past few weeks, if the government wants to stop that, they have to encourage work. They have to encourage going and getting a job, employment. They have to encourage people to invest and buy homes. And how do you do that? Well, you lower taxes. You lower the taxes on the investments um, so people will invest more. And you want to make it easier for people to access capital to start a business, for entrepreneurs to thrive, start a new business that could later become one of these mega companies that's in the stock market. So really, um, that those are a lot of the factors going into inflation. There's so many more um, to expand on. We just don't have time for that in today's episode. Maybe, just maybe tune in Wednesday and we'll talk about inflation even more and really go into the topic in depth. But overall, the market, very fearful still. And the cryptocurrency market, I think, is also having somewhat of an effect on the markets. You take a look at the markets and the cryptocurrency market is very similar right now to what we were seeing a few months ago in the stock market. The media frenzy, the social media frenzy, the names being pumped to the moon, unquote, um, by the social media re rebellions out there. Um, so really, it comes down to, um, in the current markets, the stock market, looking for those opportunities in the choppy action while we see this consolidation um, and all of these adverse factors acting on the market that really aren't related to the company itself. Um, so you definitely want to look for opportunities and spaces that have been getting hammered, such as the semiconductors, such as the technology names, the bang names. I mean, look at Amazon. They delivered remarkable numbers a few weeks ago, and they're way down from where they were when they reported. They're at 3270. Amazon is a buy. Go long, Amazon, please. It's a company of the future. They're going to continue to see growth. Financially, very strong, excellent management team. That's all I'm going to say right now. Otherwise, I'll go on a whole entire Amazon rant. But either way, Definitely look at these names that are presenting opportunity, the FANG names. You're seeing some opportunities still in the consumer defensive names, the Walmart, the Target, the Costco, the Dollar General, Home Depot. I mean, there's so many great names presenting opportunities. Square is down big in the past few weeks. PayPal down big in the past few weeks. I mean, there's even some banks presenting opportunity. The choppy action creates volatility, and the volatility creates opportunities because in turn, all of this fear and all of this all of this emotion that's bubbled in the market and creating choppy action is creating opportunities. It's creating declines in names that shouldn't be declining or are declining based on nothing fundamental to the company. And that is when you want to buy to lower your cost basis on your long positions or your or your bear positions or your short positions if you are bearish on something. But really, what we are seeing here is we are seeing a lot of choppy action and consolidation in the markets, and I expect it to continue possibly for the next few months because we had such a huge run off the March lows. Lower your expectations. Um, we're probably not going to get a 100%, 150%, 50% rally in the markets in 2021. In all likelihood, maybe we eke out a 9 to 20% gain, in my opinion, 
Um, and I would be very pleased with that. If I landed at the end of the year with a 20, 25% gain, I'd be ecstatic um, because my expectations aren't through the moon. We're reassessing, and I believe a lot of investors are reassessing their expectations for the year and saying, you know what? It's not going to be a gigantic year, but it is going to be a year to make money. So keep your head on straight. Um, look for opportunities in the markets. Do not get scared out of names just because they sell off one day because the next day it'll likely bounce back. I've seen that time and time again. Just in the past three weeks, I've seen a Boeing go down 10 points and by the end of the day, it was positive. Um, Or down 20 points and by the end of the day, it's positive. So many names are doing that right now. It's that choppy action presenting opportunities. Definitely take those opportunities created by choppy action. But that is the show today. Thank you for listening. Eat, sleep, profit, trade on. And I will see you Wednesday to talk even more about the markets. See you then.